May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Hi, St. Luke. This is Brennan. Unfortunately, the opening portion of our partnership dialogue with the Division of Indian Work failed to record. However, we still have most of the conversation here to share. So you'll notice that we get started right in the middle of a question as this dialogue rolls forth. Nevertheless, enjoy and thanks again to our wonderful partners, Louise and Serene at DIW. Why are we still struggling so much? And another woman, it was Sandy Whitehawk, said, it's because we do not talk about what happened to Native people in this country. We don't talk about it in, in, in you know, any kind of understanding of the boarding school era and how that still impacts, uh, like, Serene and I. Um, we, don't, we are now, though. I mean, things have changed a lot, and we are learning about it and talking about it. So it's, it's not about, you know, shame and blame, but about this is what happened, this is why, um, this, and, and then what can you do about it? Um, Dr. Martin Brokenleg, I think I've mentioned him before. He's a Dakota social worker who's now retired, which is too bad, because he was one of the best speakers I've ever heard when he talked about, you know, in America, we don't do a good job teaching about culture. He said in general, because people, you know, when people came here as immigrants, it was like, oh, don't speak your language, you're gonna speak English, that's the way you get ahead. For native people, it's literally beaten out of us to, you know, to be American. You can know, all kill the Indian and save the man. Um, but his, his point was, nobody likes to operate like that. Everybody wants to know where they belong and where they fit in. And if they don't have that, they're going to seek it out in maybe a not-so-good way, which you've heard of, you know, it's what's attraction of gangs or being in, in some kind of a group where you understand where you're going. So um, learning about that is so important and talking about it. And I've shared with you, too, it's hard. You know, my job is to go out in community and try to get support, people's time and talent, and try to raise money. Um, and so I have to tell that story and make the case for it. But I do not want people to have a pity for our community. And I, I don't want people to set that bar low for our kids. But it's a fine line because, you know, and we know what we can do with that funding and that money, the programs that happen, that we know what to do. But it's always a fine line for me as someone that that is my job to, to tell that story, but tell it in a way that it's not hard for us because we don't like to read those things in the paper when it's all all the negatives. In fact, we at DIW have a board, it's called the HOWA board. A lot of people have been, been to the res, you know, HOWA, and where we put up all the good things we see because it's hard for us as a community to just read in the paper all the negative stuff when we know all the good things that are happen happening. Thank you, Louise. Well, I love that you mentioned Sandy Whitehawk, and um, and her work really is around dis disenfranchised grief and sharing story and community. And what I guess I would add to that is that when you join in community to be courageous in sharing your story as well, and be courageous in knowing who you are and who your roots are and where you came from, and also when people share their stories to really hear that story and acknowledge it. 
um, just in the way that you respond to somebody's story can have a huge impact on their mental health throughout their life. Throughout their life. So make sure that that person feels heard. And um, even if it's uncomfortable, there's this, that social work saying, lean into the discomfort. Um, the reason why they have that is because when you lean into the discomfort, beautiful things come from that. Healing comes from that. It's okay to be uncomfortable. And um, oftentimes in space, we are uncomfortable. But that's, then we grow together. We're all rooted together as human beings. Um, no matter where we come from or where we're at, we still have roots together. And so just to acknowledge that in, in our commonality in that way. Thank you both. Um, I, so I promised no sermons, and this is, all, this is a question lead up. It's not a sermon in disguise. Um, but we had, we had this scripture. Uh, which I chose for today, because a lot of times in, in Christian church circles, this scripture story of Zacchaeus is pointed to in terms of, okay, here's this, this tax collector who has robbed people, cheated them of their wealth and well-being, and look, this person can change, and he's going to give away and repay. And some people point to this scripture as an example of a model for reparations. And... What I have found interesting and in reflecting on that is that you don't actually see any of that happen. You just hear someone say, I'm going to change. I'm going to do better. And then the actual messy work of trying to do that in relationship in our lived lives, it's not there. Um, and I think about that in terms of the church or in terms of navigating my life as a, as a white person. Um, you know, where are the examples, the messy examples of trying to approach um, restorative work together across the divides of historic harm and trauma? And the one thing that I keep coming back to is the importance of listening and solidarity. Kind of when in doubt and when you don't know what to do, focus on relational solidarity and trust that the rest will follow. And I guess I'm asking, is that a good place to start? Um, you know, DIW in St. Luke, it seems like we have a sense of relational trust. Um, and I know that that does not come easy or, or cheap, and that we ourselves have had to trust enough at times that, that you, Louise, and that others at DIW do, in fact, want to know and be a part of our lives and our recovering story as well. Um, so, all right, that, that got to be sermon length a little bit. I apologize. <laughs> but, but coming back to the heart of the question, you know, is, is, it, is it solidarity in relationships? Is that the place to be investing in when we don't know what else to do? Well, I mean, that's a great place to start, I think. <laughs> you know, and I was telling Serena, oh, come to St. Luke. It's a very welcoming community. The history with St. Luke and DIW goes way before my time. Like when I was talking to Ceci earlier, and she was saying to, uh, that Noya, my predecessor, was um, seeing St. Luke's, Ceci's name, from the 70s, and Lyle would say. Um, so a long, long relationship. And for, uh, for us, it is all about relationships and about building trust and about comfort. And I think a lot of times people want to swoop in and let's just do this project and then we'll move on and it doesn't work that way it's a long-term friendship people come and go i'll be gone and how do we keep that you know i don't plan anytime soon but you know people you know 
when people leave, like, how do you sustain that? And it is about trust and then comfort, too, because I feel very comfortable. Like, you know, if I have Lori's on the board right now and, and Judy, and Lori Cocking and Judy Gregg, and, like, just emailing about things, I email um, things I see because we have a, a friendship and a relationship that um, it goes back, and, and that's really important in community, like, especially our community. Um, it's not short-term. It's a long-term challenges that we face and it takes a long-term partnership friendship and work to make things better for our community <sighs> really i think that relationship is all about like the center of the work that i do and daw does entirely there is um, a clinical social worker and he's also indigenous his name is eduardo duran and he talks about healing the soul wound and how he talks about actually um, genocide and, and disenfranchised grief. And he talks about how as indigenous people, we're in relationship to everything. And how those things that come up that are um, not good are imbalanced relationships. That everything has an energy and everything has. And we're in relationship to all those things. So I think that new working, focusing on relationship is a core component to um, all of the work that we want to do if we want to see a better outcome on multiple levels for all people. Thank you both for sharing your, your wisdom there. Um, I, gosh, we're already running out of time. Um, I want to make sure to ask a, a future-looking question in terms of things that are, are coming up. Uh, I know here at St. Luke, we will be uh, beginning next week collecting um, coats, gloves, and hats uh, as a part of your own winter drive for families. Uh, so St. Lucas, you'll see more details uh, coming your way about that. All youth sizes, that's the kind of <laughs> the shorthand version of it. Um, but I know, Louise, we were just chatting ahead of time that you've got some uh, unique initiatives coming up. Um, and uh, we don't get into politics here, but we do get into policies. And I know that um, you have some ideas that are emerging as new or important possibilities, uh, given, let's say, recent events on the state level here in Minnesota. Yeah, I was very excited after the election. I think, I, I think most of you know we have the Urban Initiative Legacy Initiative. Um, that's uh, a, a bill that just kind of sat there last year. Didn't 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 get voted on, but it was a partnership with. About 16 agencies in the St. Paul, Minneapolis area um, that are aging and um, need better facilities, like the Indian Center that, um, when it leaks, they put out buckets. And DIW is part of that, but we prioritize certain projects, and we're kind of halfway down the line. We're looking at what to do with our property we own right next to DIW um, that was used as transitional housing, but the building was built in 1909 and it's been renovated many times it's it can't go on like that anyway I get a lot of suggestions from staff like Serene or people let's do a birthing center over there let's do what can we do over there but if we're we that's our part of the bill is to help us figure out what to do with that property and maybe tear it down and build some other facility for community so we're excited about that because I think that will pass. I hope that'll pass. So this is once in a lifetime capital money that nobody ever gets. Our building is in good shape, but um, you know, I'm part of being that project. I think that's exciting work in the community. Um, 
we don't all agree as agency directors and we sometimes compete, but we really do partner on a lot of projects. Um, Serene and I are working with um, Native American Community Clinic on like a physical activity project. Um, so we do partner together. It's hard, partnering isn't as easy, but it, it's better, you know, it makes things, um, it's better for all of us. But so I'm excited about Yuli. I'm also excited about our really just um, explosion in our maternal health work and our um, work with families, not to leave out the fathers, um, but I think that's a, a thing we really need to improve on is serving our men. But we do have a lot of, um, like Serene's program, working with young children. We have, we just trained um, more doulas this summer. So we now have 30 indigenous doulas. Wow. And Spanish speaking, yeah. And everybody knows doulas, they work. They work for everybody. Yeah. They really work to help improve our birth outcomes. So I'm excited about that. And our program is we will pay those doulas to work with the mothers. So they don't have to pay for the doula, we'll pay for the doula. And trying to grow that program. And also this could be um, an income for people. Um, Serene's a doula. <laughs> You're not a doula? I thought you were trained. Because um, we do have a few staff that are trained on, I'm surprised because Serene does just about everything. <laughs> Not this time. It's a little busy. Four children and getting her advanced degree and working full time. Um, so she's busy. So I'm excited about that. Wonderful. That kind of work um, is really growing. I'm just excited about seeing more youth in the building and expanding those programs because our kids, um, we had, were working so hard um, before COVID to increase our graduation rates and we just took a big step back. All kids did. We all know how kids suffered. So I'm excited that we can get back to, you know, having a full program and, and having an eight-week program instead of a six-week program. Fantastic. Oh. I guess I, what I would add, Louise really covered a lot. It, it's really, um, you know, having more healing activities for families to come together. I really think, you know, we have to think about the legacy that we're, we're creating, and that's what Louise is speaking about. And I think of that in relationship with families and creating healthy bonds between families. And at, in the youth circle here, they were talking about opportunity to go on a retreat and how that created really you know, strong bonds and strong friendships. And I hope to see more things like that for opportunities for families, to be able to go on retreat, to be able to get away from you know, the urban setting for a moment and, and breathe for a little bit and um, be able to have their, their children connect in that way as well so that we're creating lifelong bonds and generational bonds, hopefully. I want to thank you both on behalf of St. Luke. It's a wonderful gift to have the two of you here to share your, your voices, your wisdom, and your stories. Um, if you are able to stick around a little after this service, I'm sure that folks would love to thank you and ask their questions as well. Um, uh, but for now, we're going to wrap up there as we continue on in our worship service. A big thank you once again for blessing us with your presence. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. 
We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.